0: Well, good evening and welcome to this gathering this evening to celebrate our Lord's birth here on Christmas Eve. Uh, my name is Mark Whitcomb. I'm one of the pastors here and I'm happy to welcome you. If you are new and you haven't visited Hinsdale before or you'd like to get to know us a little bit better, uh, we are thrilled that you joined us this evening uh, as we worship together. And uh, we would love to be able to connect with you. You can actually, if you're real high tech, you can use uh, the little handout that you got. There's a QR code. You can scan that and it'll take you to a website where you can connect with us. There are also cards right in front of you that you could fill out and drop in the box uh, by these doors on your way out. But we would love to know how we can be praying for you, how we can stay in touch with you and care for you. But we are thrilled that you joined with us this evening. Uh, a couple of announcements just to orient you to kind of our life together. We have church on Sunday morning at 1030. We'd love for any and all of you to come back and join us as we spend time worshiping the Lord uh, through our singing, through our prayers, through the preaching of his word and our time together. So we'll be right in this room Sunday mornings at 1030. We'd love for you to come back and join with us. But this evening, uh, after our time together, we actually have a cookie social in our community hall, which is in the room right behind us. Uh, We would love for you to stay and spend time getting to know us and us to get to know you a little bit. So I hope that you can make time for that this evening. Also, we are approaching a weekend where kind of the weather is a bit unknown and people are a bit concerned. Uh, As is our general policy here at Hinson, we are going to continue on with services uh, even on Sunday. Uh, We will, uh, those of us that can walk will be here and we'll continue on. Uh, but we want you to be wise and careful, and so if the weather is, uh, pretty harsh and dangerous out there, we want you to make a wise decision for yourself and be safe if you need to stay home. Uh, but for those who can get here, uh, we will be here at 10.30 on Sunday morning. Let me orient you a little bit to this evening. Uh, we are gonna spend time in scripture reading. And during that time, you all can be seated, as I will be sitting over here, seated, uh, while we read Scripture. But whenever we sing, uh, we're not going to give you any instructions, but we would encourage you, stand. Whenever we're singing, we'll stand. Whenever we're reading Scripture, we will be seated. And we won't tell you that throughout. Uh, you'll kind of catch on uh, with what's happening. A little bit later on, uh, you'll see uh, that we have all children are invited down to the front to be able to sit on the stairs here. And Grandpa Dave is going to read for us. Uh, and and read for the kids a part of the Bible story for us to think about Christ's birth. Uh, we'd encourage the kids to come down and sit with Grandpa Dave, and we might even have a treat for them if they can make it while they sit up here through that whole time. Uh, and then we'll have a short challenge from God's Word this evening. At least I've been told that it will be short. All right, good. I'm getting the nod. Uh, we will also end this evening uh, with candlelight. And so I trust that you grabbed a candle on your way in. If not, grab a candle, uh, grab a a handout so you can follow along. Uh, But we will have that opportunity with the light stemmed, an opportunity just to uh, worship together uh, as we sing. Let me pray for us as we begin. Father God, we rejoice in the birth of Jesus Christ that we can gather this evening, thousands of years later, to remember the significance of Christ. And of God becoming man. And so, Lord, we gather this evening knowing that you are in our midst, that we worship you and that you work in our hearts. And so we ask that you would meet with us and help us to learn from your word. Lord, help us to grow in our walk with you and Lord, that we would put our faith and our trust in you because of what Christ accomplished here on this earth. And so, Lord, bless our time this evening that the words that we speak Songs that we sing would glorify you and encourage one another. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, this evening we will spend time thinking of Jesus, God become man. And we begin not just with the Christmas story, but at the beginning of time in Genesis 3. Listen as I read. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and so I hid. Then he asked, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man replied, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate. So the Lord God asked the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than any livestock and more than any wild animal. You will move on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And he will strike your head. And you, and you will strike his heel. Let's stand and sing.
1: Samuel chapter 7 verse 8 through 16. So now this is what you are to say to my servant David. This is what the Lord of armies says. I took you from the pasture from tending the flock to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone and I have destroyed all your enemies enemies before you. I'll make a great name for you like that of the greatest on the earth. I'll designate a place for my people Israel and plant them. So that they may live there and not be disturbed again. Evildoers will not continue to oppress them as they have done. Ever since the day I ordered judges to be over my people Israel. I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you, the Lord himself will make a house for you. When your time comes and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up after you your descendant who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will discipline him with a rod of men and blows from mortals. But my faithful love will never leave him as it did when I removed it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and kingdom will endure before me forever, and your throne will be established forever.
2: See thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep. The silent stars go by, yet in thy dark street shine. is born of
3: Luke 1, 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Greeting, favored woman, the Lord is with you. She was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and he will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be, since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative, Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month of her who is called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. And the angel left her.
2: Song of Emmanuel. This the Christ who was long foretold. Low in the shadows of Bethlehem. Promise of dawn now arrives. for news ring out
4: Matthew 18 25 The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way after his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph. It was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what, the spoken by the, what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, their virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he said he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to his son, and they named him Jesus.
5: the kids can come up that would like to come up It's great to see so many kids up here tonight so the light of the whole world the story of the shepherds from luke 2 that same night in amongst the other stars suddenly a bright new star appeared of all the stars in the dark vaulted heavens this one shone clearer It blazed in the night and made the other stars look pale beside it. God put it there when his baby son was born, to be like a spotlight shining on him, lighting up the darkness, showing people the way to him. You see, God was like a new daddy. He couldn't keep the good news to himself. He'd been waiting all these long years for this moment, and now he wanted to tell everyone. So he pulled out all the stops. He sent an angel to tell Mary the good news. He put a special star in the sky to show where his baby boy was. And now he was going to send a big choir of angels to sing his happy song to the world. He's here. He's come. Go and see him, my little boy. Now, where would you send your splendid choir? To a big concert hall, maybe? Or a palace, perhaps? God sent his to a little hillside outside a little town in the middle of the night. He sent all of those angels to sing for a raggedy old bunch of shepherds watching their sheep outside Bethlehem. In those days, remember, people used to laugh at shepherds, say they were smelly, and call them other rude names, which I can't possibly mention here. You see... People thought shepherds were nobody's, just scruffy old riffraff. But God must have thought shepherds were very important indeed because they're the ones he chose to tell the good news to first. That night, some shepherds were out in the open field warming themselves by a campfire when suddenly the sheep darted. They were frightened by something. The olive trees rustled. What was that? A winged beat. They turned around, standing in front of them was a huge warrior of light, blazing in the darkness. Don't be afraid of me, the bright shining man said. I haven't come to hurt you. I've come to bring you happy news for everyone, everywhere. Today in David's town in Bethlehem, God's son has been born. You can go and see him. He is sleeping in a manger behind the angel. They saw a strange glowing cloud, except it wasn't a cloud. It was an angel. Troops of troops of angels armed with light. And they were singing a beautiful song. Glory to God. Glory, God, be fame and honor and all our hoorays. Then as quickly as they appeared, the angels left. The shepherds stamped out their fire, left their sheep, raced down the grassy hill through the gates of Bethlehem, down the narrow cobble streets, through a courtyard, down some step, step steps, past an inn, round a corner, through a hedge, until at last they reached a tumble-down stable. They caught their breath, then quietly they tiptoed inside. They knelt on the dirt floor. They had heard about this promised child, and now he was here. Heaven's son, the maker of the stars, a baby sleeping in his mother's arms. This baby would be like that bright star shining in the sky that night, a light to light up the whole world, chasing away darkness, helping people to see. And the darker the night got, the brighter the star would shine. Well, thank you for listening to the story of Jesus' birth. And now there's a treat for each of you.
6: A crowd this size? It just might happen. Anybody here got a birthday today? Anybody born on December 24th? No? No Christmas Eve birthdays? Any? Oh, there? Where? Oh, okay. So we got a Christmas Eve birthday. Any birthdays tomorrow? Any Christmas Day birthdays? Here, in the, here represented? See how I feel for you. My, one of my best friends in all the world, his birthday is also today. Christmas Eve. And of course, the only thing worse would be if it was tomorrow. I always go out of my way uh, to wish this particular friend a happy birthday, even though he lives a long way away. I didn't get to see him today. But the very first thing I did is I texted him to tell him happy birthday because his whole life, his birthday has been overshadowed, rendered almost invisible, actually At best, an afterthought, and often by those closest to him, thought an inconvenience because of somebody else's birthday. Huh. Christmas, of course, is the celebration of Jesus' birthday, even though it's not even the day he was born. He wasn't even born on Christmas Day. We think he was born in the spring, but it's the day we celebrate it. And so my friend and Sue Their big day gets overshadowed. Now, setting aside the totally narcissistic solipsism that is the typical birthday celebration in America, a guy or gal could definitely be forgiven for resenting the juxtaposition of their big day with Jesus' big day. Uh, let Let me just read again for you a verse that was read earlier. Luke chapter 1, verse 31. This is the angel, and he's talking to Mary, and he says, Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. And then when you flip over a page uh, to chapter 2, verse 7, that is exactly what happened. We read, Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger. Because there was no guest room available for them. Now, I think all of this just raises a question that maybe you've thought of, maybe you haven't thought of. You might feel like it's kind of impious to think this. But why does Jesus have a birthday? I mean, why does he have one? I understand that the Bible teaches that God had to take on flesh. And become a human being in order to rescue us from our sin and reconcile us to himself. But he's God after all. So does that actually require gestation in a womb? Birth as, as an infant? I mean, have you thought about this, right? Adam was a human being, very much a human being, the first human being. And he was never a baby. Couldn't Jesus have simply shown up, already all grown up, an adult man, skip, skip the whole manger and swaddling cloth thing? Why does Jesus have to have a birthday? Well, the reason he had to have a birthday, in part, was God had promised he would have a birthday. That's kind of the first answer to my question. Why does Jesus have to have a birthday? Well, God said he would have a birthday. God promised that a son would be born who would rescue us from Satan's power. And since slavery, we heard about that earlier in the service, right after Adam and Eve blew it on behalf of all of us, God actually made a promise to Satan on our behalf. He promised Satan I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. And from that point on, I think the question that attends every birth, especially every birth that happens in a family of people who are following God, remembering God. The question is, is this the one? Of course, every death proved that it wasn't but the question kept getting asked and as god revealed more and more of his plan to accomplish this promise that the plan kept being framed as the promise that a son would be born i mean that's what we heard read about in Second Samuel chapter seven, but didn't start with David. You see it with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It's the way the promise comes to Manoah and to Hannah and, and of course to David. It's the way the promise comes to all of Israel through the prophet Isaiah. That a son would be born who would accomplish the Lord's promise to to deliver his people, to, to rescue them from their sin. Jesus had to have a birthday. Because God promised he would. But, you know, if that's the only answer I can give you today, it's a little bit like kicking the can down the road, isn't it? And it's avoiding the question. If, if Adrian were to come home tonight and discovered that I had hired people to paint the entire living room red. And she said, why did you do this? If all I could say was, well, I said yesterday that I would. I don't think she'd be very satisfied with that answer. She'd like me to dig a little deeper. Well, God could have made any promise he wanted. Why promise a rescue mission through the birth of a baby rather than the arrival of a warrior or the appearance of a sage? The answer to why Jesus has a birthday, and not just an arrival date where he showed up, gets to the very heart of why his birth and Christmas is such good news. You you, you know what happens when, when a baby is born, right? Parents pass on so much of their traits to their children. A, cu- a couple of years ago, many of you know I was adopted, but a couple of years ago I met my birth mom and immediately I realized, oh, that's where I get my hair from. It was you, right? Um, no- nobody here wonders why the Miles kids are so good at school, and I do mean all six of them because you pass on traits more-, more ways than one. Nobody here is confused about why the Theseon kids are tall, <laughs> right? Traits get passed on from parents to children, from father to son. Well, all of us here are descended from Adam. And the most important thing that he has passed on to to us, the thing that we've inherited from him, that has been passed down through the generations, is a human nature that is corrupted, that, that is fallen, From what God, our Creator, originally intended. You you know, of course, no parent ever has to teach their children how to lie or throw a tantrum. That just comes naturally to them. Because we have a human nature that has been passed down to us, that has fallen. We sin by nature. It comes naturally to us. We don't, we aren't, we aren't sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners to our very core. And what that means is that it is our nature that is guilty. It is our nature that deserves God's judicial punishment, and it is our very nature that needs to be rescued and redeemed. From the beginning, God's plan was to rescue and redeem fallen human nature by taking that nature on himself. One of the early church fathers, a guy by the name of Gregory of Nazianzus, said, That which he has not assumed, he has not healed. But that which is united to his Godhead is also saved. In the incarnation, the eternal son of God took on our human nature. He assumed it, sharing with us in every way what it means to be human except without sin. Like Adam, his human nature was not conceived after the normal pattern of human reproduction. Rather, he was conceived through the creative power of the Holy Spirit. But what his miraculous conception and his very, very normal birth make clear is that his human nature was not begotten from the essence of God, but created from the substance of the Virgin Mary. Perhaps the closest analogy I could give you is Eve's creation from Adam's rib. The point is not that Eve is inferior. The point is that she is made from the same stuff. So it is with Jesus in his humanity. He shares with us The same stuff of human nature. Down to the last detail. But without the corruption inherited from Adam. In the same mysterious ways that we are shaped by gestation and birth. So was he. Just as we grow and develop and, and learn in childhood. So did he. And and the point of all of that is that he would be fully human and that we would know that he is fully human. As our own Todd Miles observed in his excellent Christmas devotional, Superheroes Can't Save You, unless Jesus, God with us, is also Jesus human like us, then we have no hope. There is no joy at Christmas. Friends, this is the message of Christmas. The eternal God took on our human nature fully, not to condemn us in our sinful nature, but to rescue us and redeem us. The life he offered on the cross in our stead was a truly human life, not an imitation life, not a, not a simulation of human life, not a, a God in disguise kind of life, but a fully human life with a fully human nature, fully qualified to take the punishment that our nature deserves. Here's how Paul put it in Galatians chapter four, verse four. When the time came to completion, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. This is the hope of the gospel that we celebrate at Christmas on the cross. Jesus offered his sinless life, but very human life. In place of our sinful human lives. But though fully human, his was anything but ordinary. His human life was the inestimably precious life of God become man, the only life ever lived worthy of of rescuing us and making us children of God. You see, Christmas really is about birthdays, but not just Jesus' birthday. If we would become children of God, God must first become the child of a woman. This is why Jesus had to have a birthday. That through repentance and faith in him, we could have a birthday of our own. Not the day we were born on this earth. but the day we were born again from above in the family of God. This is my hope for you this Christmas. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, our minds are staggered at the thought that you would take on our flesh, not just our bodies, but the wholeness of what it means to be human, that you would take that on in order to offer it back as a sacrifice for us, that we might be born again, that we might take on your nature that we might become the sons and daughters of God. Well, there is no more precious gift that could be given. Lord God, I pray that you would give us the faith to receive it. And I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to conclude by standing and singing a couple of songs, Silent Night, Holy Night, and Joy to the World. Uh, Those that are at the ends of the aisles, we're going to light your candles, uh, and then just turn and light the candles of the person next to you.
2: Flowers grow. No thorns...
6: join us right after this for a Christmas cookie potluck in the community hall. And of course, everyone is invited back uh, on Sunday as we continue to celebrate the arrival of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That service will be at 1030, regardless of weather. But of course, be safe uh, if the weather's inclement and uh, look for the service on, on our live stream. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. Go in peace.